The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hello and welcome everyone back to the show. I'm so excited to have you, but I'm even more excited for our special guest today. She is the founder of the Net Worth Nurse, Savannah Arroyo. Savannah, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I am doing good. Thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, well, listen, the pleasure is all mine. I really appreciate it. I love what you do. I love the content you put out there. It's fantastic. I know we were talking a little bit about that beforehand. Uh, So I'm so excited to have you on board today and joining us. So thank you so much. I love it. I'm ready to dive into it. Well, just in case somebody hasn't seen your content or heard your name or voice before, would love to get an origin story from you, where you're from, how you got into real estate and what you guys are doing now. Yeah, totally. So I am um, from Northern California. I'm a registered nurse. I knew really out of high school that I wanted to go into nursing. I had a huge passion for the profession and the career itself. So went into Sacramento State University and got my bachelor's degree pretty much straight out of high school. Worked in a couple of different specialties and at different hospitals and was naturally taking on leadership type initiatives. I was taking on process improvement projects at different hospitals I was working at. And so I was stepping naturally into different these leadership roles. And so I went back to school and I got my master's degree in nursing leadership and administration and then started pursuing more administrative type jobs within the healthcare system. Most recently, my last position was I was overseeing multiple departments at a hospital in LA. I actually just recently stepped down from that full-time position to do per diem due to my investments in real estate. So um, big, big shift in my world, (laughs) but a lot of work went into that. We started off investing in single family homes, but shortly after my husband and I realized we wanted to scale, we wanted to create a business. We really wanted a lot more time freedom. We have two young daughters at home. I was on maternity leave when I just felt like, wow, this is the last break I'm going to get from work until I'm 65. And I just really wanted to start learning different ways to kind of generate some passive income to offset our W2 income so we could have some more flexibility over our time. And really the only thing we knew about investments at the time was putting all our money towards a 401k and an IRA. And we were putting 15 to 20% of our paychecks, which was huge at the time. And people were like, you're doing it. You're on the right track. This is it. Like kudos to you. And it was just still so defeating to be watching all that money leave, watching our retirement accounts grow, which was great, but knowing we couldn't touch it until we were 65 was so defeating. And so we um, looked into real estate so that we could start generating passive income that was going back into our bank account now. And it is such a powerful strategy. The returns are so much better. And so um, it really provided us a lot of that freedom and flexibility that we wanted in our lives. Man, I love that. And I love a great origin story. And it's it's so interesting to hear how folks come into real estate and that there's a lot of transferable skills from like a W-2 job, if you will, over to real estate. And I, I like to think there's a lot of things that we learn along the way that we can apply towards real estate. So that's incredibly awesome. I, I would imagine as much success as y'all have had, and, and we appreciate you sharing some of it now, we're, we're here to talk a little bit about something different, which is maybe some of the mishaps y'all have had along the way and maybe some of the unsuccesses that you've had. So if you wouldn't mind letting us know some of the 
things that come to mind when we talk about that. Yes, totally. Because that does happen. And I think a lot of people are hesitant about even getting started in real estate investing because they want to make sure none none of these, you know, mistakes happen, but it is super inevitable. It's really like any other career, any other aspect of life, like mistakes will happen. It's really how you respond to them and how you prepare that really makes the biggest difference. So for us, when we got started in multifamily investing, we did invest in and pay for a coaching program. And we felt like that was really going to give us the confidence to start taking those first steps. Really one of the biggest mishaps that kind of happened was in our first deal, which is natural for newbies and beginners. So for for our first apartment complex deal, we ended up purchasing a 12 unit up in Oregon and we just had friends and family that were interested in investing with us. So we were syndicating it out, but it was to people we, we had really great relationships with. And the broker, when he originally brought the deal to us, told us that there was an opportunity for a storage unit to be turned into an additional unit. It would skyrocket the NOI. This is what could happen. This was what we could do to our pro forma returns. And so we're like, yes, love it. Vetted it out with the property manager. If she would be able to oversee that type of renovation, she was like on board. Yes. Um, because we're here in Los Angeles, California. So we hire third-party management companies. So that relationship is very important. And then we also had a contractor and an engineer come out to the storage unit and vet it out. Like, Hey, we're going to be able to turn this into a storage unit. We need to make sure that our numbers and our business plan rely on this. And so everyone was like, yeah, it's a go, right? So then we purchase the property, get it under contract. We start moving forward as soon as we can on, on turning the storage unit into the additional studio unit. And our contractor, the same one who came out and did the walkthrough and told us it was a go, goes to pull the permits and says, oh, bad news, just found out you know, we can't create an additional unit. It's only 12 units max on this tax lock. And it was seriously like when I got that email, I can't, it was just like my stomach dropped. You know, I felt like I was going to throw up, you know, we're invested heavily in the deal. I have my aunts, my father-in-law. We, it was just, I couldn't believe it. I felt like as a new investor, we had done everything right. Like we had the coaching program. We vetted it out. Like we confirmed by multiple people that it was cool. And it was just like, so discouraging for my husband and I of being like wanting to play the blame game of like, okay, well, whose fault is this and who can we hold accountable? But the reality is we're the owners, we're the operators, like that, that accountability was on us. And so that was a very tough pill to swallow. And I remember being on the phone with my husband and being at the hospital at work when I got the email and like having to walk outside, like being so upset, like, what are we going to tell people? What are we going to do? What are we going to do with our numbers? And my husband was really just like, you know, we can sit here and talk about what went wrong and try and blame people and hold people accountable. Like that's not going to do anything. So like, let's swallow it 30 minutes. Okay. Take it in. And then what are we going to do next? What, how are we going to problem solve this? And so we really shifted immediately into like, okay, well, what are we going to do? And I think that piece is so, so huge of not dwelling in the mistake. You can sit there for days if you want weeks and sit there in those feelings and emotions. And it just, it's really not productive. So for us, and when anything goes wrong, it's a huge shift into like, okay, how do we problem solve? And so start getting creative. We start talking to our property manager about opportunities, like talking to our contractor, like, okay, you know, you missed this. All right. What are you thinking of our, some, some potential options and kind of bounce it back to them. And so we ended up converting that storage space 
um, into paid storage buyer units because at that point it was really free. So um, completely gutted it at that point. It actually had already been gutted by the contractor before they pulled the permits, right? Because they were they were so sure it was going to happen. So at that point it was already gutted, and so he just went in, and we were originally anticipating twenty five thousand to convert it, and with five thousand dollars he made it into really nice storage units, seven units. We were gonna rent it out at six ninety a month and we're renting out each storage unit for seventy dollars a month. So four hundred and ninety. So and we were able to get the work done. We were projecting the work to get done in a year time, just super conservatively. That's how my husband does the underwriting. We were able to get the storage units up and running in a couple of months. So overall in the building for our net operating income, um, it comes out about uh, on top, actually, we ended up making up for our numbers a little bit, just kind of taking into consideration the cost spent on the project. But that was a huge, huge eye opening moment for us in terms of like just kind of accountability, dotting your I's and crossing your T's, making sure everything's in place when you're rolling out big changes in your property. Well, and I love the aspect of your story. It sounded like you mitigated as much risk as possible. You you had multiple people look it over. You had mentor, like the whole nine yards, everything that anybody will teach you about real estate. You did all the things, you checked all the boxes. And I think that's important for people to hear is sometimes things still can go wrong when you do all the right things. Like to your point early on, like, these types of things are inevitable, whether it's on your first property or your hundredth property, something will go wrong. But what I also heard was you you took just a brief moment, but allowed yourself to process and take in the information and work through those emotions. But then you got to work on creative action on what do you need to do next? How do you, how do you fix it? Because to your point, you're already heavily invested and you got to make it work. And, and this is where we hear like true entrepreneurial spirit come out in folks like yourself is this is where you start to get creative. So uh, I I just, I love that, that kind of the turn of the switch on what you guys were able to do there. Yeah, that was so huge. And then really like the biggest, I mean, that was, that was a huge action step. But another thing we did is we really, you know, cut ties with that contractor because Mm -hmm. it was really like, okay, we can't have someone like that on our team. I mean, that the trust was completely gone at that point. And we felt like we weren't going to be able to have a good relationship moving forward. And so that, that was kind of a shift in, in hiring on a new contractor for our team. Yeah. And I would imagine and tell me if I'm wrong, what did you, or what did you take away when you're looking at contractors or just other partners in the future? How did that evolve or change anything of what you did when you were evaluating them? So with him, he came as a referral. So that was what, you know, that's how we get a lot of our people is through referrals. So with him, it was, it was a couple different things. You know, he didn't have the best communication. I mean, I know a lot of contractors don't, they have a lot of projects going on. The deadlines always get pushed. And even from the beginning with him, it seemed like there was kind of a lack in communication and the, and the deadlines were kind of pushing even with that small project, but really upfront is kind of working the, telling, asking more questions, you know, asking what, what would you do in the upfront? Like maybe having them go and pull those permits before we even did that, you know, wanting to see proof of it. And it it can be one thing of like, you know, it's a, it's a fine line of trusting who you're working with and having faith in them, but at the same time, asking them to show you proof, you know, for our property managers, it's like, 
yeah, okay. Tell me about what you're going to be doing to raise rent. Show me your experience. Oh, okay. Can you show me how you've done this on past properties? Can you show me numbers of like what you're looking at in terms of vacancy and what your experience is actually doing this? And so asking for proof is good. We've learned that definitely moving forward. But, and then at that point, we really went with our property manager and used kind of more of their referrals moving forward with contractors. Yeah, we we've also heard on the show a lot of times trust but verify. Yeah. Right. That that process, even if it is a referral, it's a highly recommended referral, somebody you mm-hmm. trust that is referring it, you got to verify that kind of stuff and understand when um a challenge arises, how do they respond in those instances? Because you know how you're gonna respond, but you need your partners to respond in a similar way and a positive outcome on that as well. Trust and verify. I love that phrase. I'm going to steal it. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, it wasn't mine. It was, I, I, I want to say it was like way in like the early twenties episodes. I, I want to say like Charles Seaman or somebody like that was love it. the founder of that. But yeah, I mean that that's one of the things and we've taken it as well is when we're interviewing property managers, you know, contractors, anybody that's going to be partnering with us, even, you know, uh, an, an attorney, even like we're, we trust, but verify and the trust part comes from the referral, but we want to verify that what we're hearing is actually going to come through for them. And I would imagine like with everything y'all have going on and all the different aspects, that's incredibly important. Yeah, totally. And I think that was kind of something as a newbie coming out, like we had zero background in real estate, didn't have a lot of family members and stuff in real estate. So when we're going out into real estate, purchasing our first deal, talking to contractors who are like, yeah, it's not going to be an issue. We walked the building. We had an engineer go out there. We're going to be able to do it. I'm in my eyes, I'm thinking, okay, he's a specialist. He knows this is his field. If someone were to come to the hospital and I'm getting them ready for a procedure and starting their IV, working them up, doing their pre-op paperwork. I mean, patients very much trust healthcare professionals, nurses, and doctors to know what they're doing. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the trust and verify, I do have to show proof of licensure and everything else and accreditations, continuing education proof. Like there are certain things that I need to prove for my organization to prove that, yeah, I'm a nurse and I'm competent, but yeah, that was a rookie mistake of like, Oh, I'm trusting that they know what, how to do their job. And I guess, you know, not everyone does. Right. Well, and I I think at least for me, I always like to say, I don't know the difference between a hammer and a nail. So that's one of the aspects that sometimes maybe I overtrust in those areas because yes. it's easy for somebody to possibly talk over my head around things like construction. And that's why I'm very fortunate. One of the other themes that we hear is, you know, when you find partners, make sure they're good at things that you're not good at. And that's what my partner brings is that construction background. So but for me, like I would overtrust in that situation too. Like, oh, well, they're saying it, they're the professional. Mm-hmm. It's obviously true, right? Yes. But to your point, it doesn't matter your background or your history. Like you verify verify what they're saying is going to be accurate. Yeah, definitely. Well, Savannah, I think that's as good enough spot as ever to really wrap up. That's an incredible story. And I appreciate you sharing it and being open about the the challenges you guys had early on in it. I know it's paid off dividends for y'all now and the success y'all have had and you being able to walk away from your job and do real estate full time. So congratulations on that. So thank you, honestly, for jumping on board. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Yeah, I think it's so important to share these unsuccess stories. It is a huge, huge piece of the real estate world that a lot of people skim over and are too embarrassed to share or, you know, just don't, aren't putting themselves in the vulnerable position. But it's a very, very important topic to discuss openly. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Well, for those that maybe want to work with you, learn from you, even invest with you in the future, where's the best place folks can find you at? 
Yeah, definitely. So the net worth nurse, that's my uh, social media handle on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. I have a lot of amazing content for healthcare professionals. I'm putting out courses and a book and some coaching stuff, but they're open to everyone too. But primarily, you know, nursing is my, my special place. So I have a lot of stuff geared towards healthcare professionals and um, always, always open and willing to talk to anyone interested in real estate investing. So uh, if you want to reach out, connect with me on my website site, thenetworthnurse.com. Perfect. Well, Savannah, thank you again for joining us. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening at home. We'll see everyone next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.